Well, good evening. evening. This is a good group for Sunday night, so maybe we need to have Christopher come back more. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say welcome to those of you who are on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, all of those streaming platforms there. Be sure to heart, to like, to share, subscribe, follow us there. All that just helps with those algorithms to get things out, especially if you comment uh, and like on that. So uh, be sure to do that. That's just another way that you can help to spread the word. You can do that even from in person here tonight. Uh, that just lets, gets it out to all your friends. Uh, it shows uh, those algorithms that maybe this is something uh, you think people should watch when you give it that thumbs up, when you make those comments on it. So be sure to do that. Uh, welcome to those who are listening on our phone live streaming. Uh, thank you for being there also. If you need that phone number, we'll be glad to give that to you so that you can uh, use that. Call the church office or see me after the service. If you do have access to our church website, go to highlandbaptistchurch.com. It's under the info tab that you can download uh, the worship book bulletins there for this week so uh, there's other announcements that are in there for the upcoming week so be sure to get one of those in person they're at the doors so be sure to grab one Uh, the children's worship bulletins are in the window to my right here you can pick up a hard copy there or you can download it from the info tab on our church website there so be sure uh, to do that and then also our prayer list is under that same info tab so I'd encourage you to download that and be praying through uh, that prayer list while you're on the church website Uh, or if you're in person too, the envelopes are uh, around in the windows at the wall here as you go out as well as at the doors. Uh, This is your regular offering envelope. This is our golden offering for Tennessee missions envelope. So be sure to give uh, to that. You can do that online. Just go to that far right hand side, click the give online tab, easy platform set up there that you can do a one-time gift, a recurring gift, uh, however you want to set that up as well as to to give to those designated uh, offerings. And then don't forget to continue to pray for our golden offering for Tennessee missions. Uh, Let me just say also, we do still have a few more slots left for our Christmas backpacks. Thank you to those who've already gotten your gifts back. Uh, for us. But if you want to participate in this, uh, give us a call at the church office. Uh, We'll send you the link out so that you can sign up online uh, to do this. If you don't feel comfortable signing up online, we'll do that for you uh, from here. We just want to be able to keep a tab of who's uh, ha- who has what slots uh, of our children that we're doing so that uh, it just makes it easier for us to quickly look at it to see how many do we have left. Uh, but we're asking uh, for you to do that. And we'll, if you call us or, or uh, talk to me after the service tonight, I'll give you that information so that you can go ahead and sign up uh, to do that. And then also we've got this coming up at the end of the month, one of our biggest outreaches that we do each year. Vacation Bible School is probably our biggest. Uh, our, one of our second biggest is our trunk or treat event. Uh, that we do. We set up cars out here in the parking lot and decorate those up. We give candy out of the back, but we give the gospel out. We give tracts out. Uh, We talk to people. We uh, share the gospel with them there, build relationships with people. And we've gained people through that uh, ministry. We need people who will set up a vehicle and decorate. If you don't not get at decorations, we've already got decorations uh, for you. So uh, you can call us here at the church office and let us know. You can see me uh, and let us know, or you can talk to Miss Linda Smith. Uh, and let her know, and we'll get you those decorations. If you want to help with serving, uh, we have guys who are cooking hamburgers and hot dogs, and the flames are flying out there, so <laughs> we, we could depreciate your help with that. Hot chocolate, Johnny, we need hot chocolate going back and forth, and there's a lot of that. Uh, so I uh, want to encourage you uh, to sign up for that. You can also just bring candy. If you want to bring candy, we have a, ba- a box out here in the hallway that you can drop some candy off uh, so that even if you can't come, you can help us 
to be able to minister to and reach those families uh, for Christ. And so it's just an opportunity there that we have. I think that's all the announcements that I have. Um, after we sing our song, uh, Christopher's going to come uh, to lead us in our message. And so uh, looking forward to this. Uh, it's a great and exciting thing for uh, a father and a mother to have their child uh, to be participating in God's ministry. And we're just excited for what God is doing in his life uh, and in his friends' lives too. Uh, but we're glad that he's here tonight to uh, fill in for me and to preach. So you pray for him. Uh, tonight as he comes to lead us in God's word. So Brother Mike, if you'll come and lead us in our hymn. See, your notes are up here. He's not even listening. They're not numbered, so good luck. <laughs> I do have a lessons learned I can share with you about not doing that. Uh, the only hope that we really have in our world that's messed up as, as it is around us and then away from us is victory in Jesus. So let's sing that very thing and let's just stand and sing victory in Jesus 426.
Thank you so much for coming. Um, it's a joy to come and preach for y'all. Uh, it's been a long time coming, but I know Dad said it's a wonderful thing to have a son come and preach, but I'm also, it's just wonderful to have a dad and who will allow me to come and preach at his church. And yeah, it's just a joyous occasion. So, um, so tonight's passage will be in Romans 5, 12 through 21. So turn that now if you will with me. Uh, just a little brief introduction on the letter to Romans. Um, it's arguably the most influential piece of literature ever written. Uh, not arguably, it is the most influential letter ever written. Um, the most, most Bible scholars believe to date Romans to um, AD 54-ish, or 56-ish, somewhere around there. Uh, it's because in the time prior to that, uh, the Roman Emperor Claudius uh, had an edict in Rome to send the Jews away, and that left the, ch the church to be a full Gentile church. And after the reign of Claudius, it was the Jews were allowed to turn or re to return to Rome, and there was a mixture of Gentiles and Jews in the church, and so that arose some issues within the church, which caused Paul to uh, write this letter. It's also a fundraising letter. Um, like I said, it's the most influential fundraising letter ever written. Uh, Paul is the hopes of going to Spain and is asking the Romans for money to do that, to fund his missions. Um, let's see here. So if you will, um, please stand with me in honor of God's word as we read God's word. Uh, starting in verse 12 of Romans 5. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin... And so death spread to all men, because all sinned. For sin indeed was, the was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for, or not like the trespass. For if the many died through one man's trespass, much more had the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And, if, and the free gift is not like the result of the one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because one man's trespass, trespass death reigned through that one man, 
but much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to the justification for life for all men. And for as by the one man's disobedience and the, the, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came into it, into increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as a sin as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Pray with me, if you will. Dear Father, I thank you for this wonderful evening and this wonderful church uh, to be able to come and preach, and these wonderful people who show me so much support. Lord, um, please open our ears in our hearts to your word. Um, please be with me as I preach this sermon. Help me not to stumble too much or to falter over my words too much, um, but uh, help your words to penetrate our heart um, because your words have the prayer, Lord, or have, have the power, and I, uh, my words have no power. Uh, thank you for all you do, and in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for bearing with me through that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As you can't tell, this is rather stressful for me, as I'm sure it, as it is for you. <laughs> um, but the first point, uh, well, the main idea of this passage is that those who are under Adam are living to die, uh, but those who are under Jesus Christ are, have died to live. Uh, so the first point that I will be speaking on tonight is uh, dead under Adam, and it's going to be verses 12 through 14. So... As we can see here in verse 12, uh, sin came into the world through one man. That man is Adam. Adam's actions and death, or through, sin came in through Adam's actions, and death came in through sin. So death spread to all men because all men have sinned. Um, that is us under Adam's original transgression <clears throat> and sin. So we are under that same condemnation, so we're under that covenantal head of Adam. Uh, this, that's the, what Paul presents here is the two covenantal heads of Adam and Jesus. And so sin entered in through one man and while, while he was keeping the garden, entered in through Adam while he was keeping the garden. Um, he was not doing his responsibility. Uh, so we can look back, so we can look back to Genesis 2 to see what this one sin was that led to the death of all men. Uh, if we look back, it's, the book of Genesis clearly expresses that it's the eating of the fruit. But we see under more investigation that it's the disobedience of Adam not resisting and, and following God's command to not eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good, of, evil, of good and evil. And so this sin of disobedience and neglection of duty to rid the garden of the serpent, as he should have done, led to the fall of creation under Adam's head. Unfortunately, I feel that uh, we lead too often to blame Eve uh, for that original sin, but uh, it's, it was an act of both, uh, encompassing all humanity under that covenantal sin. 
Um, sorry, <laughs> lost my place there. So in a sense, it was from the absence of one man's actions and his disobedience that led to the fall of all man, which is where sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men and all men have, well, all men, so death spread to all men because all men sin. Um, onto this, the, that second verse leading into it, it says, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law, which at first glance is a very confusing uh, statement of how can the sin, how can there be sin in the world before there was law? Um, and we see that, I can't help but think that Paul is directing this towards the more legalistic of the Jews within the church who hold to the law and count others to the law as well as themselves. But what Paul is trying to do here is say that Jesus is better than the law. He is leading that thought, that train of thought, that Jewish thought of the law and how many look to it as their salvation and their sanctification for the purity that's within Leviticus and the purification laws and the sacrificial laws. They look to it for their justification and they wish to hold on to those, those rules and they hold it in a sense above God. And Paul is in, these, in this verse here directing and saying that before the law, sin was in the world because God was before the world. God was before the law. The sin is not accounted against the law, but accounted against the world. Or I mean, accounted against God. Um, and so that, there we see that there was indeed sin before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. And so we see the justification for the condemnation of death, for the, the, the verdict of death for our sin. And why verse 12 can ring true that all men have sinned because all men have transgressed against God under Adam. And then in verse 14, yet death reigned from Adam to Moses and even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who is to come. And so this knocks down our, in a sense, church fathers, the, the ones who we see as the most holy of the Bible, Moses, above all, like above many, was like the one who was given the law, who saw the back of God as he passed, uh, passed him in the crevice of the rock. And this is saying that even Moses is condemned to die because Moses even sinned. He is still transgressed against God. And even those who we, all those who we hold above, whose transgression wasn't like Adam's necessarily in the same Adam's race defying, falling down, like creation falling act, it was still a transgression against, against God. And so 
I would like to spark the idea of what we think of death here um, in this passage of all men have to die and how, how we respond to it. And I think many times we see death as something that Satan wields, something that he enacts among man. But in reality, it is God because that is our sentence being carried out from the judge of, of death because of our sins. Our sin has earned us death. And that's rather terrifying <laughs> to me to be on that end, on the receiving end of God's wrath. Um, but it's also eye-opening to understand that Satan does not wield death. Satan is under the same bondage to which we are under. He is leading the rebel charge to eternal death. And that is not something that he wields, but rather God wields. So I just thought that was an interesting piece of this passage that uh, I would like, I'd like to point out. Um, so because of Adam's sin, he is condemned to death. And his descendants, namely us, suffer under that same condemnation. So Adam's actions have consequences for his children. This is the curse, this is the curse that sin is, that all men should live to die. Sin came in through Adam, so sin equals death, and death spreads to all men because all men have sinned. So yet where Adam failed and where Moses fell, fell short of God's glory, Jesus triumphed. He is the new and better Adam. The, he is better than the law that was given. He is the savior of us. Um, which brings me to our uh, to the next point, or well, not next point, but the next subpoint of sorry of this point, um, that the law was was given to condemn and not to redeem. Um, and, and that's I guess that's what we see here is that that the law was given to proclaim guilty. Um, I apologize there. I went over that already. Go there. <laughs> Um, so even though sin reigns over the world and all are worthy of death, each and every one, this is what, that's what we saw in verse 14, um, that though these people who are made of the same dust as you and I, Jesus is not made of that same dust. He is the God-man. He was made of us, of the virgin birth, not to come under the same Adamic headship that we are. He is under the headship of God. And then now our second point, sorry, <laughs> is alive in Jesus. So this is the verses of 16 through 18. So, and the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. Or sorry, the verse 15, my bad. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for the many. Grace and salvation 
entered in through one man's obedience. Therefore, the many are saved. Uh, despite, in despite of our sin and our transgression against God, he loves us and sent his begotten son to die on the cross for our sins. <clears throat> so we see that through one man's disobedience, all die, but through one man's righteousness, the many are saved. Uh, where the sins of many, Jesus Christ's act, Jesus Christ act of righteousness abounds all the more. So those who love much, or so those who love much are forgiven much. Uh, where our sin is beyond our comprehension, God's grace abounds so much more than that. His grace is just astronomical. It's like unthinkable. And so that understanding and knowing that what we earn through our many, many sins was death. Grace was not earned. It was acquitted to us. It was presented to us. And those of you who are Christians and um, have been saved by the Lord, you know of this grace. You know of what it is to be drowning in your sin and to be rescued by that grace. And then in verse 16, and the free gift is not like the result of the one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. So where sin condemned Christ's grace, the God's grace and Christ's righteousness proclaimed not guilty. So where the law came and increased the trespass and condemned and proclaimed guilty, the grace of God through Jesus Christ proclaimed not guilty, proclaimed saved and, and clean. Um, and we know that from we know from this text that that result is, is not the same as the, the result of our sin is not the same as the, uh, our disobedience is not the result of, of the same result of Christ's obedience is not equal in action. It is greater too than that of our sin. <clears throat> so our, our, our sin has earned us death and we have not earned the free gift but uh, the free gift of, our, of eternal salvation, we have done nor can do nothing to save ourselves. That is one thing I think often in my own life I forget, that I have done nothing but condemn myself. <laughs> I've done nothing but throw myself into the throng of those charging towards death. And it was through Christ and Christ alone that we are saved. Um, it is, the burden is solely upon him and he bears it marvelously. Um, <clears throat> so where one trespass brought many, one act of righteousness has brought more grace for it is by grace through faith 
that we are saved. It is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ that we live. He's breathed life into dead dust, which is amazing and wonderful. And then in verse 17, for if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those, <clears throat> oh, sorry, yes, through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Where, where we are judged according to the first sin and found guilty by grace following many sins, we can find that we are justified through Jesus Christ and that we are brought we are brought to life through Jesus. And um, those who have received that abundance of the free gift reign in life with Christ. So those who are under that headship of Jesus are have, uh, have died to live. They have put to, del- to death that old self, which I'm trying not to preach the next, next chapter along with that as well, but we have died to our sin to be brought into life with Jesus. And that is quite wonderful. And then this brings us to the third point, which I'm realizing I'm flying through this a lot faster than I thought I would. <laughs> so I'm trying to get you to dinner early. That's all. I'm not actually like fumbling around. That's it. <laughs> but uh, the third point is absurd grace. Um, so we say in the first, from the first point that sin equals death for all men, but Christ equals life for all men. Um, in verse 18, therefore, one trespass led to condemnation for all men. So one act of righteousness leads to the justification and life for all men. Um, and then verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. And now the law came, into the, it came in to increase the trespass. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So, as, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In a sense, this is a, a capstone uh, or a, a conclusion to the prior argument that we have seen that sin equals death and that death is reigning over us through our sin and that we are, are living to die but Christ has come and died for our sins on the cross. And <clears throat> that now we have died to live in Christ. And so this is this kind of all encompassing, like this redefining of everything, this conclusion of everything, has, uh, has quite a lot of weight and my uh, one of my professor says, as one of my professors says, is like a, a sandal taking off of the feet moment. I'm just realizing and understanding that how how horrid our sin is when the law came in to to increase it, and how we realize and understand 
that we are living to die. So sin is, is imparted to all by choice or not. Um, for through one man's act of disobedience all have fallen short, so too that through that Jesus Christ righteousness, that the free gift of salvation is available to all men. Yet all will not accept this gift. Um, that is the, the sad reality. But that does not mean we do not go and pursue the all. Um, one thing, that's one thing I noticed in, in my meditation and, and devotion of this passage is the all there is all. It is your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, your sons, your children. It's all. And all have sinned. So all are destined to die. So don't wait to share the gospel with them. Pursue after them. Though they may not accept the gift, present it to them. For you experience that grace in your sin. So why not give others the opportunity in, in, in that? Um, much like Dad preached this morning, family matters, you know? And you want to be with them in heaven. You do not want them to die eternally in hell. Um, I can see where one might look to God's love and think that it is absurd. <laughs> that how could he love me, a wretched sinner? But in truth, his love is not absurd, but our sin. Um, to see, in the, lo looking back in our first point, the one of the grounds that is laid there is to sin is to become less. If we are living to die under Adam, then we are fighting against existence itself in our sin. That is absurd. To be sitting there in the ocean of sin, drowning and gasping for air, and God comes and says, I love you. Here's this free gift of salvation. Take it from me. And we say, nah, I'm just going to sit here and drown. Woe is me. I drowned in my sin. That is just absurd to think that our sin is fighting against existence. Um, yeah, the, the sin is to become less. And it is just, I used to, I used to, sorry, I, I used to think that my sin was merely a spit in the face of God. That you are just there I, like, picturing, I, I used to picture myself at the crucifixion and then my sin is just a, you know, I oh, didn't know who it came from. He doesn't know who it is. But in, in reality, the weight of sin is that is nailed with Jesus to the cross. Every time we sin, it is another nailing and driving forth the nails into his wrists, looking into his loving eyes. And as he looks to you and says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And this undoubted act of obedience that he did for our, our sake. Uh, this the realization of the weight of our sin and, and what it is, I think, is 
is something that Paul is trying to really drive home here in this, in this passage. Um, Grace is, yeah, grace is the center of this passage. Our sin is the center of this passage. Our, our sin is a, a, a foundational piece of this passage, but God's grace is, is definitely central here. Um, how glorious it is, though, that a wretch such as I can be rescued from a destructive sin, such as destruction and condemnation. Uh, one other thing, I would, uh, a few other things I would like to point out is that it's through obedience that we are justified. Um, much like how Christ obeyed the will of the Father and went willingly to be crucified for our sins, much more must we be willing to obey the Father in our new life <laughs> as we are living, as we have died to live we cannot live in our sin anymore, as Paul says in the later chapter, that, um, that we are, are, are sanctified and justified through this and through that act of obedience that Christ committed. Therefore, we act in obedience. Um, and where sin is increased, grace abounded all the more. And those who are, as I stated earlier, those who are forgiven much, love much. And one thing about God's grace is that it is inex it's inescapable. Um, for those of you who are struggling with self-judgment, as I have in my own life, of condemning myself of my sins, um, it's not your place to condemn yourself of your sins. That is what the law came to do. And it is not your place to forgive yourself of your sins. That is what the grace of God <laughs> came for. And, uh, and it is uh, it's just your place to fall to bended knee and cry out, holy, holy are you God. Um, that is something that I have definitely struggled in my own walk of my Christian life is that I cannot, I can't comprehend the grace that God has given me and the free gift that has been bestowed upon me. Um, so therefore, throughout, um, one thing I'd just like to find that I, I found that was interesting and, and in the kind of a closing aspect of this final point, is that through the two headships of our of, of Adam and of Christ, we can see that throughout history, even through Adam, when it, it, and and he's almost in a sense a king of creation. God bestowed to him a stewardship, and when Adam fell, so too did creation fall. And it was in that act of disobedience that all men have, have come to die. And so therefore, when Christ came and triumphed over death, 
he reassumed that authoritative throne of both man and at the right hand of God. And so now we have reconciliation and the opportunity to once again live under a thriving king who is representing the living kingdom, which is wonderful and mind-blowing. So, sorry. And then the, the final things are applications um, here. So throughout the sermon, we've stated many things multiple times, <laughs> which I apologize for my redundancy, but it is just these things are so amazing and wonderful that I can't help but um, repeat them multiple times. Um, but we've stated that for all men have died and all have sinned and how all has encompassed every one and not to, to delay in your, your evangelistic call. So obeying in the Lord through sharing the gospel with others. And then I urge you to stop living to die. <laughs> stop fighting against existence itself and to come to Christ today if you have not already. Um, put your old self to death. And as a final charge to those, to the Christians, just love much for you have been forgiven much. Uh, by this mean, I, I, by this I mean is not your place again, not your place to judge others for their sins, and is not your place to judge yourself of your sins, but that is what the law has been sent in for, and is the burden by that which is held by only God and God alone. And friends, if you are saved, your sins are forgiven because of Jesus Christ's righteousness. Uh, it has been acquitted to you that you might be spared of God's wrath. And if Jesus saw fit to forgive you of your sins, um, how can you not see fit to forgive others and forgive yourself? And so, in closing, I'd just like to thank you for bearing with me through this, um, <laughs> this sermon. I hope you at least gleam that the abundance of uh, the, I hope you at least gleam the abundance of grace that the Lord has provided and bestowed to you and to have a humble heart when approaching others who have not experienced that grace so um, pray with me if you will uh, dear Lord I thank you so much for the wonderful opportunity to be able to come here and preach. I thank you so much for your son who came to die for our sins upon that cross, that your grace may abound all the more, that you may be glorified all the more. And I pray that if someone here today is not saved, saved Lord, that they will see their sin, Lord, and the weight of their sin, and to see the abundance that your grace is, Lord. Help them. I just pray that they do not think that 
they are too far gone to be able to accept your grace, Lord, because I know that you love them and you are waiting to call them into your family. And I thank you so much for all that you do. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Maybe the Lord has spoken to your heart tonight. We want to give you that opportunity to respond as the message has been given. And so would you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation number 316, Jesus is Tenderly Calling. talking to some friends of ours in uh, lower Alabama, down in Dothan, in LA, <laughs> um, earlier this afternoon, and uh, the gentleman we were talking to, he was telling Christopher and encouraging him that when I was a youth minister there, he remembered my first messages there, and he said, he's come a long way from that. I remember, that was not my first message that I had preached. I remembered probably seven or eight years before that, my first message that I preached after I accepted the call to the Lord. I can tell you, it was nowhere near this good. <laughs> so I praise the Lord for that. And, and uh, there is another time Christopher preached, but we can't find that video somewhere when he was about three or four years old. <laughs> uh, I recorded, we were testing out our uh, internet system and everything, and I said, go up there and, and just talk and whatever. And he went to preaching. <laughs> and so... <laughs> One day we'll find that somewhere on a hard drive. <laughs> so, but I want to say well, we're glad you joined with us tonight there online. Uh, we look forward to seeing you back this Wednesday night. We'll be back at 6 o'clock. Thank you for being with us. You continue to pray for Christopher as he continues to follow the Lord's call in his heart and his life. So thank you for being with us. We look forward to seeing you this Wednesday night. <laughs>